Good morning, church. Surprise. (laughs) It's me again. Amen. It's good to be here. Uh, Let's give the choir a hand again. Amen. For truly God is good and he's worthy to be praised, isn't he? And no matter what we might have to go through, his, his character never changes. And God is always good. And because of that, we can always praise him. Again, I want to thank the Lord for just giving the opportunity to be here this morning. Again, it's nothing that I take for granted. You've probably heard me say it many times, but I'll I'll say it again. The Apostle Paul said, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. So again, I consider it an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. Um, 20 and 2021 has been quite the year, hasn't it? or quite the years, I should say, quite the years. Uh, We've had to deal with uh, COVID-19 and still dealing with COVID-19. Looked like it was going away, and now it appears it's it's coming back again. And so first time in my lifetime they had to deal with a pandemic. And as a result, we've had to deal with sickness. We've had to deal with stress and the fear of the unknown. There's been separation oftentimes, you know, people separated who've had it versus didn't have it. There's been the loss of jobs, and I've, I've had to deal with that. Millions of people potentially being, ev- potentially being evicted starting today. There's been loneliness as a result of, of this, and many hundreds of people have had to deal with the loss of a loved one. And then in addition, just think about last year. Last year we had the uh, racial tension last year where we had you know, s- systemic racism was brought to light, and uh, there were many instances where racism reared its ugly head. And we had the riots last year. On top of that, there's been political division where no matter, you know, what side you're on or who or what you believe, you know, half of the nation is angry at the other half of the nation. And it seems like there is no no compromise. There is no in-between oftentimes. And then we've just got the daily struggles of life. You know, Acts 14.22 says that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And that really, it really hit home for me uh, this past week. This past week, I had a physical. And for the first time in my life, they asked the question, are you suffering from depression? And they said that that's the standard question now that they ask all patients, are you suffering from depression? Now, I've been going to the doctor for over 50 years. I'm telling my age now. But I've been going to the doctor for over 50 years, and I was never asked that question. But now the standard question that they ask all patients, are you suffering from depression? And that kind of gives us an indication of the state of this world and the state of this nation and mankind today. But in light of all of that, and there's a lot that's going on, did you know that there is still hope in Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Despite all of that, there is still hope in Jesus Christ. And so today, prayerfully, we're going to have a word from the Lord that prayerfully will be a word of encouragement to others. So today, let's go to the seventh chapter of Luke, seventh chapter of Luke, third book of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book of the New Testament, excuse me, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, the seventh chapter, and we want to look at verses 11 through 16, Luke, the 11th chapter, and we want to look at verses 11 through 16. And it reads as follows. 
And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier. The bier in that particular time was a basket or an open casket. And they that bare him or carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has visited his people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand here this morning, Lord, as we prepare to deliver thy holy and thy most precious word. Lord, as I stand here this morning, Lord, we realize that we can do absolutely nothing without you, Lord, but yet I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So, Lord, as I stand here this morning, I just ask for the filling, the anointing, the power, Lord, of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And I ask and pray that the words that come forth from out of my mouth, Lord, that they would not be mine, Lord, but I ask and pray they might be yours. For we are not here for form or fashion, Lord. We are not here to glorify ourselves. But we are here to lift up your name, the awesome, magnificent, precious, glorious, and just wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. So I ask right now, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen me, Lord, that you would use me and help me to lift up your name. In Jesus Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. Our message for this morning is entitled, we won't have to cry no more. And that's not grammatically correct, but there's an old gospel song that says that. We won't have to cry no more. Now, in the initial verses of the seventh chapter, if you look earlier at some of the previous verses in the seventh chapter of Luke, our Lord had just left Capernaum where he had miraculously healed the centurion servant who was sick and ready to die. For when the centurion heard that our Lord Jesus was in the city, he sent for him and he asked him to heal his servant without him even entering into the house. For in the seventh verse, he said, wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but saying a word and my servant shall be healed. And as a result of this great faith, our Lord Jesus said, beginning in the ninth verse, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. But as great as this miracle was, this was just the beginning. For the next day, as our Lord was entering to the city of Nain, a funeral procession was leaving the city where a widow's only son was getting ready to be buried. And when the funeral procession was getting ready to pass our Lord, and our Lord saw this mother crying, our text says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. And he came and touched the bier or the casket, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him, to his mother. 
Now, this was our Lord Jesus' first miracle of raising someone from the dead. Therefore, one can just imagine the joy this mother had. One can just imagine the delight this mother had. One can just imagine the happiness this mother had in seeing her only son restored to life. But believe it or not, even though we may not see the exact same physical miracle in our lifetime, not to say that it cannot happen, but even if we do not see the exact same physical miracle in our lifetime, did you know the Lord performs similar miracles for many children of God today? For just like this widowed mother, some of our loved ones may be spiritually dead. The situations that we're in may be causing heartaches and pains. Some of the circumstances that we're in right now may be causing us to weep. And just like this mother, it seems like there is nothing that we can do. But if we're children of God, we know the Lord knows what we are in need of. He will have compassion on us and he hears our every cry. Psalms 34:15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. And that's why the saints of God who know the Lord know no matter what we might have to go through, we should never give up, we should never give in, and we should never lose hope. But we must continue to look to the Lord Jesus and keep our faith in the Lord. For just like this widowed mother, the time is soon coming, church, when we won't have to cry no more. Now, as we look at the experience of this widowed mother and see what she went through, we also see a picture of what many of us endure during our Christian walk. So today, let's take a closer look and see how the Lord helped this widowed mother. First, let's look at verses 12 and 13 in our text again. Verses 12 and 13 in the seventh chapter of Luke. And there it reads, Now when he came nigh or near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. So the first thing we see is that the saints of God will shed some tears. And that's surprising. That can be difficult to go through sometimes. But the saints of God will shed some tears. Now, as we've already seen, this widowed mother was in an extremely difficult situation. For she had no husband. And now the only son whom she raised from a baby, the only son, the child whom she loved, the one who was probably her companion and her best friend, was now dead. Therefore, we can certainly understand why this mother was weeping, because she probably felt like she had no hope, she probably felt like she had no joy, and she probably felt like she would always have a heavy burden on her heart. Well, church, did you know if we live long enough, we may be in similar situations in our life? We may not have to endure the passing of an only son, but many of us, many of us have been in situations where we felt like there was no hope. We felt like there was no joy. We felt like that we would forever have a heavy burden on our hearts. But even though it may not seem like it, did you know that the Lord can use even these experiences for our good? For many times, this is what forces us to look up to God and lean upon him. And that's how we obtain the blessings of God. And a beautiful example of this is seen in the life of Jacob. So let's go, let's go to the 32nd chapter of Genesis, first book of the Bible, 
32nd chapter of Genesis, and we're going to look at verses 22 through 29 and look at this experience of Jacob. So Jacob, 32nd chapter, start with verse 22. Excuse me, Genesis, the 32nd chapter, start with verse 22. And he rose up that night, talking about Jacob, and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the four Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Now in this story, Jacob was afraid that his brother Esau was coming to kill him. Because 20 years earlier, he had stolen his brother Esau's blessing. And now he was getting ready to see him for the first time since then. Therefore, as a means of safety... Jacob woke up his family in the middle of the night, and he sent them to the other side of the river. Therefore, now Jacob was away from his family. Jacob was away from his friends. Jacob was away from his loved ones. Jacob was all alone. Well, believe it or not, this is exactly where God wanted him. For this encounter had to be between just Jacob and God. And did you know that many times the Lord will do the exact same thing with us? Sometimes we're in situations where it seems like no one can help. Sometimes we're in situations where we feel like we're all alone. Sometimes, just like this widowed mother, we go through things that cause us to weep. But even during those trying times, did you know that the Lord is still with the child of God? Hebrews 13.5, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And then, while Jacob was lying there all alone, a strange man appeared and began wrestling him. And notice that it does not say that Jacob began wrestling with with this man, but it says that the man began wrestling with Jacob. And later on, we realize that this man was actually God. And the reason why God was wrestling Jacob was so that Jacob could recognize his weakness. Jacob could recognize his nothingness. Jacob could recognize his unworthiness. For this was the only way that he could be blessed by God. For up until now, Jacob tried to run his own life. He was always planning, always scheming, always deceiving to get whatever he wanted. You remember when he was in the womb, he took his brother by the heel as if he was trying to be the firstborn. Later on, he took Esau's birthright. He stole his brother's blessing. He deceived Laban in order to receive the best of the flock. Jacob was always scheming, planning, deceiving, doing things his own way. But now, after being wrestled by God, he is going to learn what a weak and helpless creature he truly is and that he needs the Lord. And wrestling is a perfect description. 
for wrestling is a tiring sport. I was telling my life group that I, I used to wrestle, and I know it's hard to believe, but I actually used to wrestle, and they, they do have weight classes, so I could fit in my weight class, but I used to wrestle, and I was actually, you know, pretty good at it, strong for my size. You, you see that muscle right there? Can you see that? Some of you are saying, look, get a magnifying glass, but there is a muscle there. There is a muscle there. I was pretty good. I was pretty good at wrestling. But, you know, I I ended up quitting. I stopped wrestling. And you know why I stopped wrestling? Because it was tiring. It's not like baseball, basketball, football, where you get a break in between plays. In wrestling, you are constantly battling. And if you take a break, you're going to be defeated. Well, did you know that oftentimes the same thing happens in our spiritual lives? Have you ever cried out, Lord, I'm tired? Have you ever said, Lord, I can't take it anymore? Have you ever said, Lord, why me? Has there been anyone who's been through that besides me? Well, many times in the same way, the Lord is wrestling with us. So from dark to dawn, God continued to wrestle with Jacob. Now by daybreak, remember, he's been wrestling for probably 12 hours or more now. By daybreak, Jacob is good and tired. By daybreak, Jacob is exhausted. Yet he continued to wrestle with God. How many times do we wrestle with God day after day, month after month, year after year, not wanting to give up and still wanting to do things our own way? God could have easily ended this match, wrestling match at any moment. But God was patient with Jacob because he wanted Jacob to realize that this was a match that he could not win. And then when Jacob was already tired, then when Jacob was exhausted, that's when God simply touched the hollow of his thigh. He crippled him and knocked his hip out of joint. And now all Jacob could do was simply hold on. Jacob couldn't wrestle anymore. He was good and tired. He is exhausted. His hip is not knocked out of joint. Now the only thing that Jacob could do was simply hold on. And that's exactly where God wanted him. For Jacob needed to learn that it was only through his weakness that he could gain God's strength. And that's when his name is changed from Jacob. Jacob means supplanter or one who takes the place of another by underhanded means. His name is changed from Jacob to Israel. And Israel means prince with God or one whom God commands. And that's when Jacob or Israel was blessed by God. And the same thing is true for us. For it's when we allow God to have complete control over our lives that we will be blessed by him. Amen? It's when we, just like Jacob, allow God to have complete control over our lives that we will be blessed by him. Now, I don't know if this mother in our text in Luke was being wrestled by God, but I do believe that she was at a point in her life where all she could do was simply hold on. And that's where the Lord wanted her, for she was about to receive the blessings of God. Did you know that sometimes the Lord allows things to get worse before they get better? Because it says in Isaiah 30, 18, he's waiting to be gracious. Think about it. The Lord could have easily healed this mother's son, just as he did with a centurion servant the day before, before he even died. But sometimes the Lord waits to bring us to the end of ourselves. 
He waits so we realize we have no strength. He waits so we realize that we cannot fix our problems and we have to rely completely upon him. If we were in control, if I was in control, I would do all I could to avoid any hard times. I would make sure that everything goes my way. But I thank God my God is wiser than that. The 55th chapter of Isaiah, he said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Therefore, what we see through this mother's experience, what we see through Jacob's experience, what we see through the saint's experience, what we see through our own experience, is that the Lord will allow us to weep sometimes so we realize just how much we need the Lord. Amen? The Lord will allow us to weep sometimes so we realize just how much we need the Lord. Through our trials, we learn that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Through our tribulations, we learn the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Through our afflictions, we learn that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And through our difficulties, we learn that my grace is sufficient for thee. And that's why, church, no matter what we might have to go through, we know with Jesus, just like Jacob, just like this mother, we can make it if we simply hold on to him. For the time is soon coming when we won't have to cry no more. Amen? You got to learn to hold on to him. Amen? Hold on to him. But then the time is soon coming when we won't have to cry no more. All right, let's go back to Luke. Luke, the seventh chapter. Luke, the seventh chapter, and let's look at verse 14. And there it reads, And he came and touched the beer, or the open casket, or basket. And they that bare him, or carried him, stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. So the first thing we saw is that the saints of God will shed some tears. All right, we're going to go through some difficult times. We're going to go through some suffering in life. The saints of God will shed some tears. But the second thing we see is that the Lord Jesus will meet our needs. Amen? We have 100% guarantee the Lord Jesus will meet our needs. Now, because our Lord Jesus had just healed the centurion's servant, a large group of people were now beginning to follow him. And as he was heading into the city of Nain, a funeral procession was heading out where they were getting ready to bury this widow's only son. Now, the custom in Galilee was for the women to lead the funeral procession. Therefore, one of the first persons our Lord would have seen was this grieving mother. But our text says when he saw her, He had compassion on her, and he said unto her, weep not. And then he touched the casket, and that was highly unusual. For to touch the casket means that, you know, you would have been been said to be unclean. But he touched the casket, which stopped the entire funeral procession, and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And what this tells us is, just when it looked like there was no hope for this woman, just when it looked like that there was nothing that she could do, that's, what she, that's when she met our Lord Jesus. And what we learn for, from this experience is no matter what our situation, if we are children of God, my God will always meet our needs. Amen? Yeah. Philippians 4.19, but, 
But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And as children of God, that's something we all can learn from. For just as his only son was dead and then raised to life, we may have a son who's spiritually dead. We may have a daughter who's spiritually dead. We may may have a loved one who's spiritually dead. We've talked to them, witnessed to them, preached to them day after day, month after month, year after year, and nothing seems to change. But just like the mother in this text, don't give up. For the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. We've just got to place them in the hands of the Lord. For we need to realize that we can't save anyone. I can't save anyone. We can't change anyone. We can't make them do what we want them to do. But we've just got to turn them over to the Lord Jesus, for they can only be changed by him. John 1.13, it says that we were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So many times, just like Jacob, we try to fix things. We try to change things. We try to make things right. Anybody been there besides me? I know you all have, amen? (laughs) But we need to realize whether it's a son or daughter, loved one or family member, or even the trials and tribulations in our own personal life, we've got to turn it all over to the Lord. For my God is in control of all things. And what he wants us to do is simply place our faith in him. Daniel 4.35 says, All the inhabitants of the earth, all of mankind, are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? And that's something we must always remember. My God is in control. Even if we don't understand everything. And church, there's a whole lot that I don't understand. Even if we question some things, there's a whole lot that I may question. Even if we sometimes wonder why, if we are children of God, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is in control. And we have a promise that he will protect his children. Now I'll be the first to admit, it doesn't always feel like God is in control. For we still got problems all around us. We still got trials and tribulations surrounding us. We still got mountains up against us. And sometimes it feels like nothing ever seems to change. But through it all, we still must believe that my Lord hears us and he'll respond to our every cry. Do you believe that, church? He hears you. He knows you if you are a child of God and he'll respond to your every cry. Let's take a look at Peter in the 14th chapter of Matthew. So let's go to Peter, the 14th chapter of Matthew, first book in the Old Testament. And let's look at verses 22 through 31. And this is where Peter is walking on the water. Matthew, the 14th chapter. We're going to look at verses 22 through 31. And there it reads, And straightway, or immediately, Jesus constrained his disciples to go into, to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart or alone to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship 
was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit or a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore or why did you doubt? Now in this story, the disciples were in the boat when a storm arrived, and they began to be tossed up and down upon the waves of the sea. And keep in mind, what it says is that the Lord constrained or compelled them to get into that boat. And so the Lord knew that this storm was going to happen. But then in the middle of the night, our Lord Jesus came towards them walking on the sea. Now at first, the disciples didn't recognize who he was. They, they thought he was a ghost until he spoke. And that's when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call me to come unto you on the water. And our Lord said, come. And that's when Peter actually began walking on the water. Imagine that. Peter actually began walking on the water. However, when Peter looked around and he saw the storm, when Peter looked around and he saw the waves, he became afraid. He began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore or why did you doubt? Well, church, did you know the exact same thing happens to us when we take our eyes off our Lord Jesus, when we look around at the storm that's happening in this world, when we look around at the storm that's happening in our lives. Many times we get afraid. Many times we forget the Lord is with us and we begin to sink in our problems. We begin to sink in worry. We begin to sink in anger. We begin to sink in despair because we see no answer in sight. But just as our Lord Jesus immediately caught Peter's hand, pulled him out of the water and said, Oh, ye of little faith, wherefore or why did you doubt? Did you know that my Lord Jesus has the same power to pull you out of whatever you might be going through? Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. Behold, I am the Lord the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that? Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And that's something we must always remember as we walk this Christian walk. We might not understand everything, we might not always think it's fair. We might sometimes wonder why. But my God has a reason for everything that we go through. Therefore, instead of worrying about our trials and tribulations, we've just got to put them in the hands of the Lord. 
Don't get discouraged just because everything's not going your way right now. But keep your faith in the Lord and know that my Lord Jesus will make a way. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. How do we know that? The Word of God says it. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Church, place your trust in the Lord. For the time is soon coming when we won't have to cry no more. Amen? Amen. You might go through a season of weeping, but it's not going to last forever. The time is soon coming when we won't have to cry no more. All right, last but not least, let's go back to Luke. Luke, the seventh chapter. And let's look at verse 15. Luke, the seventh chapter. We're going to look at verse 15. And there it reads, And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. So first of all, we saw that the saints of God will shed some tears. There's going to be some difficult times. There's going to be some suffering on this side of glory. So the saints of God will shed some tears. Secondly, we saw that thanks be the God, the Lord Jesus will meet our needs. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the situation, the circumstance. We have a 100% guarantee that the Lord Jesus will meet our needs. And last but not least, what we see is that the saints of God will praise and thank the Lord. Amen? The saints of God will praise and thank the Lord. Now, I do not believe that it is a coincidence that this young man was raised from the dead in the city of Nain. If you look at the verse 11 in that chapter, you see that he was raised from the dead in the city of Nain. For there is a purpose for every single solitary word used in the scriptures. I don't care if it's the, a, it, who, what, where. There is a purpose for every single word used in the scriptures. And there is nothing trivial in the word of God. And if we take a closer look at the word Nain, the word Nain means pasture. And that represents a place of rest. You remember the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to do what? Lieth down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Therefore, the fact that our Lord Jesus performed this great miracle in the city of Nain teaches us if we want to find rest for our souls, we've also got to come to the Lord Jesus. Amen? Our Lord said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And now what we see is that after this widow's son was made alive by our Lord, after he and his mother found rest in our Lord Jesus, our text says the first thing he did was he began to speak. Well, in the same way, after the Lord spiritually raises us from the dead, after we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, after we have been born again and found rest in him, the first thing that we are to do is to speak by praising and thanking the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, 
let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. True praise is giving thanks to the Lord no matter what the situation and no matter what the circumstance. And because all that this mother and son had been through, they now knew what it meant to praise the Lord. Psalm 66, 16, and I should have included it in the notes, but Psalm 66, 16 says, Come in here, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. And that same truth should be true for all of us. For did you know that God can take even our trials and tribulations and use them for our good? And what that means is that even our difficult times, and you're going to go through some difficult times in life, even our difficult times are a part of God's master plan. And when you realize that, you can always praise him and you can always thank him. Look at what the word of God says. First Peter, fourth chapter, verses 12 and 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Second Corinthians 4.17, Paul said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, just a moment compared to eternity, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And look at 1 Peter 5.10. I love this verse right here. 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while. Doesn't say you're not going to go through suffering, amen? But it says, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And what these and other scriptures reveal to us is that nothing happens to us that my God does not allow. Nothing can happen to us that my God does not ordain. Nothing can happen to us that my God is not in control of. You remember that Satan had to ask for permission to even touch Job. He had to ask permission from God before he could even touch Job. And the same thing is true for us. We may question some things. We may not always understand why. But the Word of God tells us everything God does is perfect. Everything he does is right. Everything he does is good. And everything works together for the glory of God. Amen? That's why Ephesians 1.11 says, He worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And that's why I know even my trials and tribulations, God will use for my good. Sometimes I may go through trials in order to help others. Sometimes I may go through trials to help me to grow. Sometimes I may go through trials because of God's discipline. I get disciplined sometimes, amen? Sometimes I may go through trials because, simply because of the glory of God. But whatever the reason is, If we are children of God, we have a promise that God will use our trials for our good. And when we realize that, we can give thanks no matter what might come our way. Because we know that God will work it out for our good. Romans 8.28, we all know that one. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You remember when Joshua and the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho in the sixth chapter of Joshua. 
those walls didn't immediately come down, but Joshua and the Israelites had to keep right on marching around the walls. They marched around the walls for six consecutive days and nothing happened. On the seventh day, they marched around the walls six times and still nothing happened. And then on the seventh day, they marched around the seventh time and then the walls, the walls, the walls, oh, the walls, the walls came tumbling down. However, because the Lord told Joshua that he had given them Jericho, he believed God and kept on trusting in the Lord. For even before the walls fell, he told the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Well, church, we have got to do the exact same thing and trust in the Lord. So many times we get discouraged because our wall doesn't fall the first time around. Our wall might be sickness. Our wall might be loneliness. Our wall might be persecution. Our wall could be on any number of things. But whatever your wall is, don't get discouraged just because your wall doesn't fall down the first time around. Amen? Keep right on marching, trusting, and thanking the Lord. That's why Paul said, in everything, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always. Think about that. Think about that. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can always speak and thank the Lord For we know no matter what we might have to go through, we know somehow, some way, in the end, my God will pull us through. Amen? Somehow, some way, in the end, my God will pull us through. And church, that's why we can praise him. For we know the time is soon coming when we won't have to cry no more. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the comfort, Lord, and the assurance, Lord, of of knowing that you are always with us, Lord. You will never leave us, Lord. And no matter what we might have to go through, we know that in the end, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will pull us through. Lord, because of that, Lord, we can always thank you. Because of that, Lord, we can always praise you. And because of that, Lord, we truly are forever grateful, Lord. Lord, there may be some who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I just pray, Lord, that they would come to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean we won't go through some difficult times. Doesn't mean we won't shed some tears. Doesn't mean there won't be sorrow in our lives. But regardless, with Jesus Christ, we still have hope. We still have faith. We can always trust in you. And I just pray, Lord, that the, the, that the saints of God would come to know that. And those who don't know you would come to know you as their Savior. We just thank you, Lord, for you being the great, awesome, mighty, wonderful God who you are, Lord. We give you all honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.